This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Tort Talk. I am Paul Stadden. The name that you don't really actually need to worry about, the name you do need to worry about is Terrence Gross. That's the one you need to keep in your mind because he is the lawyer who actually knows the answers to the questions that I am asking. Thrilled to be talking to him every single week on Tort Talk. And today we're going to be talking about something a little more serious, but, uh, well, I think the more serious means probably more important for you to listen to. Welcome to the show, Terrence. Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to be talking about this. This episode is what to do after an accident. And having been in a few in my life, thankfully never caused by me, uh, I can tell you that not everybody knows what to do after an accident. And this is definitely true after dealing with some of the people that uh, collided into me. So let's talk about the right after the accident. Uh, what should be done at the scene for people right after somebody gets hit, they get out of the car. What's the first thing they got to do? Well, first of all, I want to, before I answer that question, most people know by now that I'm a, a Florida lawyer, principled right. out of Pensacola. We do have five offices, but the answers to for today's show apply to probably every state in the union. Right. This is okay, a very great. generic thing. So what I'm about to say, if you're living in some other state listening to this podcast, it would all apply. Also, I, I want to give a caveat that the answer is sort of two different scenarios, what to do after maybe like a car wreck, which you probably were thinking of, mm -hmm. but it's totally different, uh, slip fall. So I'll try to cover both mm. because they're totally different. Okay. So let, let's talk about car accidents. Normally in most car accidents, eventually it's going to be investigated. Highway patrol, policemen, sheriff's deputies, somebody's going to come do a report, blah, blah, blah. They're going to verify skid marks and who's wearing a seatbelt is somebody injured damaged the cars so they do that and so that's sort of an automatic thing by a neutral independent uh investigating agency uh they may not always be right now about their conclusions but anyway they're going to do that and it's not all the cases so i'd say if in florida by the way i got to go back in time because in the 1980s they, they passed a strange statute mm. and the statute said if there's no injuries that you know of, and if the damage appears to be less than 500, you don't need to call the police. And the mm. reason was they were just overloaded and they just say, change your insurance papers and all that. But sometimes these people do that. And then all of a sudden they wake up the next day and then can't move their neck. And then they go into the chiropractor, get an MRI. And all of a sudden some doctor saying you need surgery, but it was only like a $500 damage uh, to the vehicle. And that does happen. So, and then meanwhile, what if the defendant, since there's no police agency there, decides to lie and said they were doing this? So what was a clear liability case? Like parking lots, you know, parking lots are a mess because you don't know. There's no real rules of the road sometimes. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I would say uh, if if in doubt, get get an agency involved. That's number one. Number two, in the old days, if I told you, well, get your camera out and take a picture, you go, well, I don't use a camera i don't have one around nowadays yeah, yeah. with iphones and whatever <laughs> if you got android i don't care what you got everybody's got a camera so it's amazing the pictures i'm getting and how the quality you know the quality is just fantastic mm -hmm. so it's it, we used to try to send investigators out to take pictures so even at the scene and some of these people are actually uh, taking pictures before the cars are moved i've seen uh, pictures of people uh, with ems on the stretcher and, and that at a jury so you're three years later your clients got invisible injuries and now they see them on the backboard being loaded into an ambulance do you know how much that is worth that 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 picture right there brilliant uh, they could have a scar in their, or they could be bleeding really bad out of a certain 
part of their body and they take that picture's taken. And meanwhile, three years later, it's just a faint line. You can barely see it. Uh, so it just, you know, pictures are worth a thousand words. There's something about that adage that is true. Uh, so, um, and just making notes. If, and here's the biggest thing I can tell you. Invariably, with most accidents, there probably are witnesses. You're on a busy road. People stop, <clears throat> want to see if you're okay. You say whatever, and then they leave because they're not going to hang around 30 or 40 minutes waiting for the police. Once they leave, they're gone forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. that witness, and I've had so many people say, oh, this guy witnessed, he knew, I know he did. Well, what's his name? I don't know. So, <laughs> so there's just no way of, that person's gone. So if there is a witness, if you have your wits about you, if you can, get their business card, scribble their name and cell number on a piece of paper and either give it to the police officer, save it for your lawyer or whatever, because these these witnesses can just make or break a, a case. Let me tell you a quick story. Can I do a quick one? Uh, of course. Okay. This is a real life story 10 years ago uh, in Okaloosa County. And I had a very nice uh, a, a black lady that had stopped at a uh, red light and as usual, just waited, waited, and it turns green. She waited pulls out and a big uh, truck barrels through the red light smashes her big accident she ends up in knee surgery blah blah mm. blah well i uh, i tried to sell the case and the adjuster says uh my client says he had the green light well uh so i go back to my lady and and the accident seemed very clear mm -hmm. and it didn't list any eyewitnesses i said ma'am uh, were there eyewitnesses? She says, well, there was a young black man in another car behind me. Um, he came up. He, I know he saw it. What's his name? I don't know. And I said, oh, God, here we go. Mm. And she goes, but, but he doesn't go often, but about two or three times a year, I see him in my church. I go to Sunday. I go to church every Sunday. He goes two or three times a year. I said, ma'am, oh. next time this young man's in church, grab that guy. Get his name and number, please. Well, about three months later, she gives me a call. I got it. I call him up, and he'd seen it. He goes, she was at the red light. I was at the red light. It turned green. She didn't even go. I was almost about to beat my horn because she hadn't gone. <laughs> and then she pulls out, and bam. And I was thinking, that could have been me. That could have been uh. me. That's all I could think about. And he was so good. He, he wasn't educated. He but and then and I gave the name of the insurance lawyer, and they cross-examined him, and he just held true. And they tried to say you're in cahoots, or he says I don't oh even know her gosh. name. I just see her in church too. I I don't I, I don't know her name. I just recognized her face. She recognized me. And anyway, it held up, and they ended up paying us what we deserved. Nice. Uh, so, but but without that, it had been a, it had been tough. To, and by the way, the defendant that said his light light was green was a safety manager for some corporation. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so had it gone to court, I probably would have lost that case, truthfully. Oh, my goodness. Uh, without the eyewitness. So get it while you can. So I know some people you can't. Sometimes you're, you've had an accident, and you're incapacitated. I mean, you're there. You don't even get out of your car. And they I know you can't do those things, but a lot of times you do pull over, and you can walk around, and you feel stove up, and you hurt, and whatever, and that's where certain pictures, even skid marks, if they if if they went off the roadway and there's ruts in the uh, wet grass, anything that could eventually help a lawyer is tremendous. Mm, fantastic. Right. Well, then let's talk about the more afterwards, because we're talking about what you should do right after an accident. Well, now let's kind of get into a little bit more time is passing. I mean, you mentioned earlier in the show, like, 
you know, these things like having these pictures is good three years later, you know, it's like somebody would have a scar, you know, a little faint scar by the time it was bleeding. Well, then let's talk about the, the after the accident and kind of the process that you need to keep in mind, maybe if it takes that long to get to court. Well, the other thing is after an accident, of course, you're worried about your car and repairs and all that. And so you do call maybe the, uh, you find out the adjuster and, and all that kind of stuff. They call you, you call them and you're just there to, to try to deal with the property damage. And they get real serious. Oh, we will uh, consider this, but you have to give a recorded statement. Mm-hmm. And, and if they've talked to me before, I said, you don't have to give them a recorded statement. You can talk about your car only. There is no law that requires you to give a, a, a recorded statement. You can insist not to. You could also insist not to discuss your injuries and to only discuss the property damage only. Uh, they won't like that, but, but there's no law. They make it sound like this is what you have to do if you want money from us, and there's nothing further from the truth. So no recorded statements, because what they'll try to do is trip you up. So you'll be in a courtroom four years later. They pull out the recorded statement, and a lot of times you don't even know your injuries. So the law, even if you mention neck pain, uh, I will tell you, anybody that has a severe neck injury, guess what they also have eventually? Mm. Headaches. They go hand in hand because it's called an occipital headache. It's you know, a cervalgia. It can cause occipital headaches. So they interview you and you talk about all about your neck. Anything else, Paul, Mr. Paul, anything else well, wrong with well, you? Well, oh, um, nope, my neck. And then all of a sudden you're in the courtroom. And now after all these years, the headaches have become the worst. These crushing migraine-like headaches has taken over your life. You still got your neck pain, but the headaches are far worse. And this, and they play the recording. Well, you didn't even mention headaches. We asked you three times anything else. You never mentioned headaches. So they're trying to make it sound like it's contrived and that you mm-hmm. made it up. And 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 that that's the game that's played. <clears throat> so they know what they're doing. So anything like that. I know we're running out of time, but I want to talk about slip falls, which are very different oh, yes, than a yes, car wreck. Yes, please, please. Well, because of a slip fall, the biggest difference is there is no police officer. Right, right. I said they don't call a police officer in to investigate a slip fall. It's the store manager, which he's not. You know, there's a biased person. They're trained. (laughs) They're trained not to put witnesses' name on these reports. They anybody with their salt knows never put a witness down because you're making a case for the plaintiff if they ever get that report. And, and to minimize everything and, and, and whatever. So it's just, you know, so you, you, again, the witnesses are very important because oftentimes you have a slip fall. There's this man says, oh man, and helps you up. Oh ma'am, I saw you fall. Man, you went down like a ton of bricks. But again, <clears throat> if he leaves and he checks out and he's gone, your lawyer's never going to be able to find that person. Oh my gosh. Well then <clears throat> let's talk about when to call a lawyer, whether it's a slip fall, whether it's an accident, when, when do you get the law involved on your side? Well, I think a lo- the sooner you call a lawyer, it's always a free consultation with any lawyer in the nation. So why not call them sooner and know your rights? Mm, fair enough. Well, let's say if people want to call you or contact <laughs> you, Terrence, uh, they, there's got to be a way to do that. Well, my number is 850-434-3333 or visit us on the web at grossandschuster.com. Easy breezy, lemon peasy? Squeeze. I don't know what the right term is there. doesn't matter. We're at the end of the show, but I would do want to tell you about what the next show is going to be. It's going to be case evaluation. Uh, I don't know what that means, but I'm assuming that Terrence, you're going to be telling me what it means anyway, so that's totally fine. So, so we'll see you next time on Tort Talk. Thank you so much for joining me, Terrence. Thanks. Thanks.